Hi, I'm David Evans and welcome to the media series from Wolves Fancast. This is episode one, Sports Commentary. Football in its rich history has produced iconic and memorable moments and on the field the players act out the story, whilst in the stands it's the commentator's job to narrate this story and talk about the drama and the subplots as it unfolds. Yet sometimes it's the narrator of these stories that creates the moments that are remembered forever. From Wilson Holmes' They Think It's All Over to Martin Tyler's Aguero Scream, it is the football commentator who can provide the finishing touches to a perfect picture. So what makes a good sports commentator? What opportunities and challenges does a commentator face? And how can you get into sports commentary? This episode I speak to BBCWM's Mike Taylor about all these questions and more. Enjoy. So we are at the backdrop of Molyneux before the game today against Burton and I'm joined, pleasantly joined by uh, Mike Taylor from BBC WM. Thank you Mike. Nice Mike. Well, right. did you judge it when we finish <laughs> being with it, it's still pleasant but no it's, it's, it's lovely. Thank you. Well, thank thanks, you for for being part, thanks for being part of this series. Um, so just, just firstly w- w- with commentary, personally for yourself, how did you get into it? Was it something that you always wanted to be part of? Was it something that just kind of just landed career-wise? How did it all begin with you? Uh, it's a slightly peculiar route. Uh, it is for most people actually getting into this. Um, I, during my childhood, I went around with my dad watching motorbike racing, and he fell into doing commentary on it entirely by accident. Um, and we went to um, what amateur level meetings, you know, club level meetings, and he did comedy. It was never his profession. He never worked in radio or anything like that. Um, but he used to, do the, you know, the public address. And so I sort of followed him around doing that from, you know, his history as long as I can remember. And so whether that's an influence. I was also sports nuts and absolutely hopeless. I mean, I was your classic last pick in PE. But I was obsessive with sports. So it kind of added up from that point of view. And uh, when I was was 12 and he went to some of the clubs he worked for, he said, would you mind if I am Michael? Does a, you know, as a go at some of the races yeah. on the end, and uh, and they were like, yeah, okay. So I, t- my voice wasn't like this then, and so I, I started doing that and and did that until I was a, a student, um, and then while I was a student, I did the thing that we still always advise people to do, which is bombard every radio station I've ever heard of yeah. with a cassette. Which, oh, right, for okay, anything yeah, I was going to say, yeah. which dates me. You know, I mean, you'll, if you ask your dad or your mom, if you want to know what one of them is. Um, and uh, and sent it off to as many radio stations as I could think of. And while I was a student, uh, one of them wrote back and said, Yeah, okay, do you want to yeah. come and sit with one of our reporters at a football match? Okay, great. And then they rang me back on the Tuesday and said, Do you want to get a stock bought for us? I walked. Would, on the radio, yeah. Well, I walked to Stockport for it. Can you do it? On t- yeah, 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 of course. And uh, and here I am, twenty-one years later, still cribbing a living doing it. And I guess it's one of these things with with, with this industry. It's just that one opportunity here, yeah. don't you? you? It is. If you keep that kind of dedication, yeah. For most people, it will come if you just keep plugging away. Well, you give it a chance. I mean, I, will is a dangerous word in this. Right. And, okay. uh, may. May. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, and I, I, I'm not trying to be funny here we're well aware when we do our job and whenever we go and kick the cat because we had a bad day we also if we're wise remind ourselves that it's a job that a lot of folks would like to do yeah. 
Um, don't go into it for the money, um, but um, it's you know it's. I don't feel like I've ever done a proper day's work in my life. Um, one of my colleagues, as a, you know, a throw on particularly bad day, will look at them and say, "Well, yeah, but remember, somebody spent eight hours with their hand up a chicken today to earn <laughs> yeah. their money, or words, to, um, you know, words to that effect." And um, so, yeah, it, it is. Uh, you, you give yourself a chance. Mm. Um, but equally, the, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for anything else because I don't know anything else. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to be a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer or something like that, then there's a kind of a set route, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. where you get your, ex- your your qualifications and your exams and you qualify for this and you do this program and then you become whatever you're becoming. And this industry, even now, isn't like that. No. And I guess there's, there's probably so much to demand now if people were coming through, it, there's so much perhaps more competition to try and get the lucy spots. Well, it's the same with about any job, yeah. isn't there? For, um, but it, it would also be true that there are probably more opportunities in media than there's ever been. And f- this is the point where I do start to glaze over, and I'm not kidding when I say you will know more about this than me, because I have only done radio, right, and okay. that makes me a already something of a dinosaur. My kids think I'm a dinosaur anyway, but that's beside the point. The, the the next generation of people in this industry will not only do one thing, and they'll do t- telly and radio and write stuff and write blogs and do podcasts and and of course they will social media the thing to death. And I'm learning on the job. I mean, I, you know, I, I do bits of those things around the edge, but I'm not an I'm not an expert in any yeah. of those things. It's it's how the, that kind of yeah. digital world is evolving. It's yes. the demand for content, isn't it? It, it is. is. So, the, but to get back to your question, yes, there is a lot of competition, but so there is for absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, but there are also more opportunities to do all kinds of things in sport media, if you want to look at it that way. Not all of them are like my job. I don't know whether there'll be many people doing what I'm currently doing in 20 years' time, but there might be a lot of people doing all kinds of other sort of associated things. So, yeah, so the role is going to evolve in years to come. Sure. Rather, it's, it's not going to be... Like it, like it is in any kind of world yeah. or profession. It's going to continue evolving. Going back to that game, that first game we did against Stockport, what mm. do you remember of commentating on that game? How did you feel beforehand? How did you feel during? Was it kind of a sense of excitement or relief after the game? What, what do you remember I, of it? I only remember little things. I remember that Brett Angel scored the only two goals in the <laughs> game, firstly. And I called them both correctly, which yeah. was, you know, something of a triumph. Um, I, I remember getting the train there, because I didn't, you know, I got the train there. I remember going, mooching in and going around the press box and trying to work out, because I, I didn't got, got any background in this at all. The only press box I'd ever been in was the one I'd sat in with the guy sat next to the reporter the previous week. So, I, you know, nobody has ever been greener doing anything in their life. Um, I certainly wouldn't have professed myself as an expert on football. It's not the sport I would like, think I'd... Even now, it's not the sport I would say that I'd know most about. Yeah. Um, so I was totally guessing. And the other thing I remember is... Because I was only doing what we call reports that day. Reports and what's called off-air commentary. So um, I wasn't the main commentary match. I was just doing updates into another commentary. And what we'd got off-air commentary... So you record the commentary off-air and, you know, when they play the goal... This is what... You know, on our yeah, station yeah, when yeah, Francis yeah, at yeah, half-time, yeah. this is what the goals were and, and play that. Um, and so, and that to begin with, they were recording everything in case I was useless or clammed up or whatever. And uh, a minute before the start of the programme, 
the producer, who's a super guy, uh, buzzed down the line and said, the presenter's having trouble saying your name. He ca- Michael Taylor's a right mouthful. <laughs> right, okay. Can, can he call you Mike? And quite apparently, he could have called me Derek or yeah. Fred or Wendy for all yeah, okay. yeah. I was here on the radio call me what you like um, so I said fine and that was the day I, as far as professional he, uh, he everybody now knows me as Mike Taylor you call me Mike uh, yeah, Taylor yeah. Okay, so everybody I know in this game calls me Mike and everything I know because I was only ever called Michael yeah. other than that. I'd never give it a thought that's the story of Mike then basically. yeah it yeah, is yeah. <laughs> literally and it happened there at one fifty nine on a Saturday at the end of November in 19 whatever it was um when, that, when he said down the line to me, can we call you Mike? And I, quite, you can call me anything you damn well like, because <laughs> you've let me go on the radio, call me Fred. <laughs> Let's talk about commentary, almost like kind of the art of commentary. Yeah. <laughs> on the radio... I can't you, call it an art, yeah. first of all. Anyway, go on. <laughs> but on the, you know, on the radio, you are having to almost paint a picture of what's going on, not yes. just perhaps on the field, what the atmosphere is like, um, how the game ebbs and flows. Yes. Um, you're almost kind of portraying a storyline with all the kind of mini that's, facets and, exactly and the soap opera of football yes. so how in your how do you do that in a sense how, how do you prepare for that how do you what is it you're looking out for when you're commentating what are the things you were trying to point out and, and talk about throughout the game the first thing to say about this and I will try not to drone on terribly you must tell me if I do um the, the first thing to say is there is no hard, there is no secret to this, and there are very few hard and fast rules. Again, it's not like if you're a brain surgeon, you have to do this, that, and that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you you know if you diffuse bombs, you cut this one, you cut that one. This isn't like that. You can kind of not make it up, but you can come up with your own yeah, method. Yeah, yeah. There are some fundamental things that you always need to know, and the the basic thing you need to come back with. If I was putting the radio on now. Because most people, I would love to think, listen to every single word I say for 90 minutes. But of course they don't. Most people are actually doing something else on a Saturday afternoon and the radio is on the background. So they're not necessarily hanging on every word. I'm hoping when people listen to this they can hear the wind and the snow. Yeah, (laughs) well... And that is one of the the elements of the game. Yes, this is, you know, it's glamorous, this, they said. (laughs) No, anyway. Um, uh, Yeah, you've, you've... But you were right. Exactly what you said is you're painting a picture. If you only describe what is happening within the whitewash yeah. you're going to have a hell of a boring commentary mm. because actually it's more it's obviously more yeah, than that. Yeah. I mean firstly the fact that there are 20 odd thousand people in the stadium yeah. makes it more than that otherwise yeah, exactly, it's, it's yeah. no different to the park um, so but you need to get the fundamentals right mm. and the fundamentals are what's the score yeah if you put the radio on there's a match on What's, yeah. the, what's the score? Yeah, what's First thing you yeah. So there's nothing worse than putting a commentary on and after two minutes you've been listening to it and you know what the score is. So that's why we parrot, you know, every now and again you've got to mention the score. Even if you just say it's still 1-1. Fine. Um, what's the time? People forget that. It, if it's 1-1 after 10 minutes there's a different context than if it's 1-1 after 85 minutes. Yeah. It matters. Um so there's basics like that, and yes, on you know the stuff like who, who, which players on the ball. If you get them right, mm. so much the better. Um, where the ball is on the pitch, yeah, all vitally important. Um, but you need more. That's just the nuts and bolts of it. Oh, and also, if you're in radio, they'll tell you you must keep mentioning the name of the radio station. Of course, and there yeah, is yeah, a particular yeah. reason for that, um, which I'm going to another time. But um, and then you try and add the bits of colour into mm. it. And this is where I say it is 
if you ask a hundred different commenters, you get a hundred different answers right, to this, and so you yeah. should. So mine isn't the right answer or the BBC's answer, or it's just my answer. And my answer is, um, tell a story. As you you've, you said the two exact things. Yeah. Paint the picture. Tell a story. It's a story. Yeah. You know, it's like it sounds very pompous. It's a drama. It's a it's a play or a film where you, nobody's written the script. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. And I'm there to describe it. Um, I can't take it entirely seriously. Okay. And I, when I say that, I know it's a serious business. It's serious for all these people who are playing it and getting paid for it. And it's serious for you if you're a paying punter or you're interested. Yeah. Your team. Yeah. I don't mean like that. What I mean is this isn't news night. You know? Yes, of course it's important. It's important which team wins and loses and the consequences of that and whatever. And sometimes really serious things do happen. Yeah. So you've got to find the right tone. Yeah. But also, you know, it's not a war. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, and, and all the things about, you know, don't care for when you use words like disaster and tragedy and all that. Well, yeah, actually, because yeah. it, it's not. It is just football then. It's the just day. football. There's far bigger yeah. things in now, the world, yeah. You, you could, I'm sure you could have an entire different podcast about what the, whether football is ever just football, <laughs> but I'll leave that to you. Yeah. But you see my point. So you've got to, we are afraid in the entertainment business to a degree. Because mm. um, if it's boring, it doesn't matter how technically accurate it is. Yeah. People aren't listening. Um, and then just talking about with radio, you obviously work for a company, and obviously yep. that, that that company will be looking at certain teams. So obviously with with WM, it's kind of Wolves at, uh, and Birmingham and Villa and etc. Yes. So how how easy or difficult is it perhaps to try and remain unbiased or conscious? There's got to be perhaps a slight bit of bias given that who you're working for, but. Is, uh, is there a kind of a balance there you've got to have in terms of, of what's going on? Well, again, it's different for everybody. You'll excuse me not looking at you while I'm saying <laughs> this because I'm a, I, I yeah. am now actually properly getting out of the weather. Um, it, it, I, everybody will find this different. For me, I don't find a problem being unbiased. I'll tell you why. Because I don't support anybody. Um, I'm not a football fan in the same way as you are. Yeah. And I'd be insulting people if I pretended that I was. Mm. Um, because I didn't grow up watching football. My dad watched blues when he was a kid, and he'd long since stopped going before I, st- I came and I was watching motorbikes with him. And in the mid-80s, not that many people were going to football. You know, I went to an ordinary school in an ordinary area, um, and there was only one kid in my class who I ever remember regularly going anywhere. We all watched football on the telly. Yeah, yeah. I was, We talked about football every day. I watched football on the telly. I did all that, but I never went anywhere. yeah. Um, and most people didn't. So, um, I didn't get ingrained in being a fan in the same way as... Um, people are saying photographs of us now, by the way. Sit back and <laughs> yeah. I just want to mention that. Um, I didn't get ingrained in it as a fan. Well, you probably did, or most mm. people listening to this uh, bro- uh, bro- uh, programme did. So, I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I don't think most reporters do, to be honest with you. I think most reporters, it just comes naturally what you're describing. There's a difference. I do hope I'm not going to get technical and boring now. But and again, tell me if I do. There's a difference between how you report the game and being biased on it. Yeah. I'm on WM, therefore our story is about Wolves. Yeah. Or, or, or Albion or Villa yeah, every yeah. day. And the story is, Wolves did well or Wolves didn't do well. Now, there is another team out there, and it's obviously in that context... The one thing I can tell you absolutely honestly 
is that I have never called an incident in favour or against one team because I think I'd better. Yeah. I can only tell you what I've honestly seen. And you put it in the context of Wolves have played well today, Wolves they haven't played well today. Yeah, yeah. They've been lucky, they've been unlucky. But if I thought they'd played badly, I wouldn't come on the radio and say the fifth goal against them was dead on. You know, I'd yeah, say yeah, so. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Now, people perceive that as bias. I've commentated on derby games for this radio station and been accused of bias in favour of both teams. <laughs> right, OK. In which case, I think I'm probably doing quite a good job. Um, but I, every other reporter would have to speak for themselves. I am genuinely not biased because I'm not. <laughs> but do you think people believe that? No, no of course they don't. No. The games themselves. We talked about kind of setting the story and talking about it. So, again, how easy and difficult can it be where, let's say, like Wolves' current situation now, they're on a promotion-chasing yeah. pack and when Wolves are winning games, it may be quite you know nice to talk about what's going on. But when you have teams that are in relegation battles and they're losing every week and you've got to... You've got to put that spin on it, but not too much. Is it? Can it be difficult to kind of commentate in those type of games where every week it's it could be two or three nil every week, and you've got to try and look for positives yeah. in the side? Well, yes, but again, I think, and and once again, every reporter has to speak for themselves on this. I think you just have to call it straight, but not personal. Yeah, and this is where I th- I think this is an interesting debate, and it's one that you and your colleagues might be able to have you know you saw where everybody can have yeah, yeah. when they listen to something because and also you remember people perceive things in the way they perceive them a hundred people listen to your broadcast they'll all perceive it differently anyway yeah um but you've got to call it straight mm. ultimately you know let's suppose um wolves lose here today against Burton, mm. and it's a shock result yeah um and they don't play very well if I genuinely think they've lost because they haven't played very well, it's no good me saying, oh, they were dead unlucky today. Mm. Oh, they were, do you know what? They were all over Burton. If they weren't. Yeah. Because... You've got to pay that honest Because picture. anybody yeah. who is here is going to oh, sit, listen to the uh, programme and think, what's this goon on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And any credibility I might have had before the start, and I use the word might, yeah. um, he's gone. And that, I guess that's where that bias kind of thing comes back that's in, right. in terms of you can't be so biased that you can't just be honest about what you've seen in front of you no, well I would like to think so Yeah. having said that whatever you say firstly it's only an opinion anyway my, why is my opinion any better than your opinion yeah. you might think Wolves have actually played quite well people have opinions better anyway it's not it's not fact the only fact is what the result is yeah, yeah. you know you might watch this game today and think Wolves did play well and were unlucky I might think they didn't play well but I can only give you my opinion yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, and, 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 and so when it comes to a team that's losing all the time, you just have to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, the the difference I would have is it's vital not to make it personal. Yeah, you know. I think people assume when you say the team hasn't played well, you're saying they're all idiots or loo- Now, this is what worries me. Right. You see, and I hear, I hear reporters come and say, "Oh, they didn't try today." Mm. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Or are you sure they just didn't play very well today? Mm. Now, I think this is where you start to get into awkward business. Yeah. You know, my colleague Rob Gurney at the moment, for example, and he's, by the way, this isn't an extra grind for him as well, because I know he's a fan <laughs> of and he's not an Albion fan or a Wolves fan, but this is beside the point. He's commentating on Albion most weeks at the moment, and they're getting hammered. Now, we've all been there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I did a lot of Wolves the season, they went down to League One um, under 
Dean Saunders. You know, we've all had to do mm. times like that. And, you know, he's kind of, what do I say? Where do I take this? You know, what, what else is there to say? Yeah. Other than to just sound in despair. Yeah. But equally, you can't paint a picture of hope. Yeah. Well, you know, though we can still win this yeah. game for 8-0 and beyond. You and can't. I, and I guess doing seasons, obviously you wouldn't ever want to wish that on the team, but doing seasons like that, would you say that perhaps helps you develop as a commentator? Because then you have that balance of knowing what to do in the future. This is... This is going to sound very obvious and cliche, but all these situations, you want as many different situations as you can. Yeah. Because they're all different. Now, uh, uh, people who listen to WM for a long time will know it's only relatively recently that we've mainly focused on covering on one team. I've been mainly the guy who covers the Wolves games for the last three or four years. Before that, we just used to mix it up all the time. Now, there's pros and cons of doing it each way, but obviously you tell it a different story yeah, yeah, a different yeah. way you know I still, it's still my responsibility to know what's happening with all the others because mm. I might have to cover something on holiday or whatever or go yeah. do some interviews whatever um, but in general I'm covering the walls so I'm telling that story but again my way of addressing that is you can only tell the stories in front of you I yeah. can't control the result or where they play mm. I can only give you my opinion of it and I try not to colour it too much in my opinion because the bottom line is nobody really cares what my opinion is <laughs> My job is there to describe what has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for you listening, or if I've got an expert with me, like when mm. Mel Eves is with me, for example, that's slightly different. Um, I can give you a bit of opinion, mm. but I don't pretend it's ever an informed opinion. Yeah, it's no more informed than yours is. Yeah. So you know, I think you have to put it in those boundaries. Whether it develops you as a commentator, I'm not sure that you know. Com- it, you just need to comment on a range of things, yeah. you know, which you will inevitably do over time. I've been covering these same five teams for 21 years, and most of them are in roughly the same spots as they were when I started. <laughs> and the, the, going back to the preparation of commentary again, yes. what what would you do pre-game or maybe a couple of days beforehand? How do you prepare for a game in terms of kind of scouting out what the opposition teams like, what's going on in the the grand picture, if it were? What would be a kind of typical preparation yeah. period? Again, every if you ask a hundred commentators, they're all yeah. different, and you know, at the end, the only thing that counts is what works. If it comes out the speaker and it sounds good, it really doesn't matter if you've spent all night preparing it or you've written on the back of a fag packet. <laughs> and I know commentators at both end of those extremes. I'm a little more in the middle than I used to be. I was at the ultra-obsessive end for right, a while. Okay, then okay. I had a family, and now I'm not quite... I haven't got time to be there. <laughs> I'm too tired if I am. Um, but I do want to have at least a rough idea of all the players who are likely to play for the opposition. Are. Yep, yep. If I'm watching the same team like Wolves every week, I should know a fair bit about them anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's worth refreshing it. Um and then I prepare a page of notes. I, I bought. You can have one. I've got ah, from a previous you, yeah. game to take away. Uh, if if uh, if you want, if you you know, put yeah, it no, up on a website yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And again, that's only my way of doing it. Mm. It's not the way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There is no the way of doing it. Um, it it's what I like to have, and it's basically, as you'll see, it's a page of. You know, typed out in quite small writing and lots of different codes that only mean anything to me, but that's (laughs) all because it's me using it. Um, Various different things, or just memory joggers, quite frankly. Um, Do I sit there and read all of it during the commentary? Of course not. Not unless I want you all to turn off because it's (laughs) boring, living daylight out of you. You hear commentators sometimes, and I hear them, if they've got a stat, and they've got a page of stats, and they're damn well going to read them all out, because I spent all night preparing this. Well, good for you, (laughs) but a stat is only relevant if it's relevant to the context. I've got things on my sheet about Wolves players that I thought were quite interesting when I wrote them down, but I've had them in all season, and I haven't mentioned it, because it hasn't come up. 
So, but I need to know all that, and you need to get it on one page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first one I ever did, I had on eight pages, and then spent most of the game looking for the note I'd written down. <laughs> the second thing is you've got to know it, you know? Mm. Have it written down, and then preferably know most of it. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily every last full stop, but have an idea mm. before... You don't want to be sitting there looking for 30 seconds down your list, because you just missed a goal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to know that roughly mm. about all the other teams. Um, and then, because you never know what might come up that you can refer to. Mm. But I've moved more, as I've been doing it, from the, this is his 133rd game when there's an R in the month, yeah. end of it, to, oh, there's like there's a player in the Burton squad today who once played Oliver Twist on BBC <laughs> One. Now, that's actually far more interesting yeah, than most yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. The fact it's 133rd game. So, you know, you kind of get a feel for yeah, that. Yeah. So I've got one page of that on one side, and then on the other side of uh, sort of a, a, a two-sided folder, I've got scribbles of the match. Yeah. You want the team in formation, preferably. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing worse than having the team just listed 1 to 11, because yeah. that doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. You need to know where people, especially yeah. for the opposition, where people are That's on the right. pitch. Yeah, yeah. Now, fortunately, there's a million more ways you can find that out mm. than there used to be, because, you know, the internet's there. Or the best way, of course, is to ask my oppo from Radio Derby today, as it mm. happens to be, what do you think the team is going to be? Um, so you know that's you need to use that resource. Talk to people um, and get an idea. Yeah. But of course they might come out entirely different. But at least you can say, well, they've got a new lineup today. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've no idea what Team Nuno will put out today. Yeah. yeah. And he certainly ain't going to tell me. No. Yeah. Um, but I've got a pretty good idea, yeah, like you have. Yeah, we generally yeah. know. Um, but equally, if they came out and he came and started four at the back today, I would know that that's different. Mm. And that's really what's relevant, and the rest of it you can piece together. You mentioned Melis as your kind of yeah, y- yeah. your expert co-commentators. Yes, how um, important is it, is it for your role in general for for the game of of them being there and kind of calling out what's going on? Well, it helps obviously. Yeah, um, and I mean I, I like Melly. I think he's quite good, um, and they're again they're all different. What you want is somebody who's going to be uh, going to have an opinion. And obviously, can put it in some context. It isn't just going to parrot what you say. You know, there are some you listen to on either the telly or the radio, and the commentator will describe that. You know, so and so has put a pass forward, and player Y's put a cross in, and player Z edited it in. Hmm. And the expert will come on and say, "Yeah, he's edited, he's edited it in there from that far post cross from so and so." I know that. <laughs> what I want to hear from him is. Um, well, of course, what he, the, the, the key to that was getting away from his marker in the first yeah. place, or whatever. Um, and perhaps someone like Mel be, being a former footballer, exactly. he can give you well, that's that the kind point. of player perspective of what, now, why has that happened, what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. Now, that's precisely it. Yeah. Now, it's my job to help him say that. Not to tell him what to say, mm. but to draw things out of him. It's, it's the same way as when I'm interviewing the manager. Additional um, So... You know, that's what the point of it is, to try and get... Uh, if He might have lots of good opinions, but they're no good to anybody unless I can get him to express them on the radio in a concise enough form to use. Yeah, yeah. And that's my job to help him do that, because he's not a professional speaker, he's a professional footballer. Mm. Um, in the same way, it's my, it's my job to help a manager when I interview them... Mm to get their opinions on the radio. Yeah. It's not my job to say, tell him what the opinion is or even judge his opinion. Yeah. Because I said earlier, it's not news night. It's not that kind of thing. But I don't give a monkey's what the manager's opinion is or indeed the pundit's opinion is. Mm. I've just got to get it on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really what it is that I'm there for, to 
chivvy that out of out of that place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you want somebody who's preferably opinionated, um, who knows what they're about. You'll preferably speak when you're not, and not when you are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of the time, um, and you know that that's it really. But they're all different, and you want someone who can inject a bit of fun into it yeah, as well. You know, who's exactly, not going to yeah. take it all as as if it was serious as a state funeral because it isn't. No. Um, kind of your, your career with where you've commentated is there any kind of key highlights of, of moments that you've commentated on are there perhaps anything that you would still like to do in terms of events or types of games um, that you'd like to, to, to have said I've, I've done yeah. that look we all want to commentate on a big event you know yeah. I have com- I did eventually I didn't thought I was going to but I did eventually commentate on a Wembley final yeah. and that, several that's in the, be the uh, high, Cardiff the so ones. yeah these things like that are obviously great um but equally, you know, I've, I've done lots of memorable games that were nothing particularly on the calendar and probably don't mean anything to anybody else. But I had a really good day out. And I'm yeah, kind of at that yeah, stage yeah. of my career now. I'm more thinking more about, you know, I'm having a good day. Am mm. I going to be entertained by what I've seen? Because then I've got more chance of yeah, doing yeah. it. But look, yes, of course, we all want to do a big event. I'd love to commentate on an FA Cup final. Mm. Who wouldn't? Um, I'm a bit more realistic now. When I first yeah. came into it, I was going to be Murray Walker and Barry Davis and so and so rolling yeah, yeah. and Goodness knows I should never be that. Um, but you know, I, I, look, I enjoy what I do, and I treat them all. It's this terrible cliche, but it's true. I treat every game like it could be the best one ever, yeah, and it yeah. might be the last one. Is there any games particular that, you, that you've ever been fond of that you've you've commentated on, or you were just glad that you know what I'm I'm so oh. kind of glad that I've I've done that game. I, I, I was yeah. here for that moment. Oh, it was me, I mean, gosh, lots, I mean, any teams really, lots of them there, and not just football either. I mean, you know, I've commented on lots of other occasions. You know, we when athletics comes to the West Midlands, the station been kind enough to let me go and do some of those. I've had some wonderful days doing that. Um, uh, in terms of particular events, I mean, obviously I've commented on some of Wolves' big occasions. Um, Birmingham in a playoff final was a was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, I was uh, uh, saw one of Warsaw's promotions, which was terrific. Um, so yeah, all those big occasions. Um, a, a Villa semi-final against Blackburn, which we had Ron Atkinson with us for that. They beat uh, Blackburn six-four in the second league oh, of a okay. League Cup semi-final. And that was just a fantastic game. But equally, as I say, there's lots of other games. One that I remember from very early on, which nobody else probably remembers now, was at Charlton winning four-three at Villa Park. Um, okay. At the end of a season, and it, it, it nearly saved Charlton. It was a middle of the table game for Villa, but it was a belting game, yeah. and I can still see the winning goal going in. Um, and this sounds very sort of you know up yourself, but if you come away and think I did a really really good commentary there, you know, mm. and it just it all came out well today, yeah. even if it's a totally nondescript game. <laughs> But you go away thinking, actually, I did quite a good job of that. Yeah. And it's, 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 per, it's, it's kind of personal pride for yourself to come yeah. away and go, yeah, I've, well, I've really pleased with, with that. It's obsessive but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no more than that. Yeah. I don't even go over and say to the family, you know, Do you know I was brilliant today. Because mm. they're going, Anton Dick's on that. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah, this is personal pride. I think. And We've all got a bit of an ego doing this because yeah. you kind of have to, even though we'd love to think we don't. And for any kind of younger listeners who are, who are listening to this, perhaps uh, yes. who have perhaps wanted to uh, yes. uh, treat by football commentary or commentary in general, yeah. 
Um, what would your tips be in terms of where do they start? What what do you think they should do to try and kind of learn the craft, as it were, and try and see if they can seek out any opportunities? Well, I'll try and summarise this. First of all, um, there are certain basic things which are always true and have always been true. Mm. Like always say yes if you ever get offered an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Never go, well, you know, I'm going out of the weekend. <laughs> um, you know, the, the idea of being the person who makes the tea on a Saturday afternoon it's still relevant. Yeah, yeah. And we do have people who make the tea on a Saturday afternoon, WM, for example, mm. uh, even though we're a pretty small dot on the media landscape as in the big picture. Mm. But, um, yeah, we have people who've come in and made the tea one day and are still there. Um, not always just making the tea, but they've moved on to lots of other things. Um, the key things, in terms of if you want to be a commentator, the number one thing that I would advise is starting your house. Mm. Chase everybody else out of the house one day. There is enough if it's football that floats your boat. There's enough football on the television these days to last you forever. Mm. Record a match, preferably one that from two teams that you don't know anything about. Do a bit of prep. Yeah. Record yourself on a. I used to do it on a tape recorder. Whatever yeah, else yeah, yeah. you've everybody's got a recording device now yeah. of some kind. On the phone, usually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter. Sit in front of the telly, shoo everybody else out the house because you'll feel like a burk. Sit in front of the telly and do a commentary. Because again, it's because it's not brain surgery, you can judge it yourself. Yeah. And then play it back and be honest. You know what a good commentary sounds like as yeah, well as yeah, I do. You don't yeah. have to be done as yeah. many as I have to know that. You have a pretty good idea. Mm. The first one will be rubbish. Mm. Um, and then think, okay, what, what, what wasn't so good about that? Then do another one. Yeah, then yeah, do yeah, it yeah. again. And do it again and again and again and again and again until you think, that sounds all right. And, uh, and then send it to people. Find out who are, you know, at your local radio stations. Mm. Find out the names of the people who run it and say, can I send you this? Yeah. Most of them won't reply the first time or the second time because they're busy people and they get a million of these things. Yeah, yeah. But keep going. Yeah, the persistence. Of course, yeah. yeah. Persistent without being bothersome and aggressive. Mm. You know, there's a balance. Um... People quite often say to me these days, because they exist now and they didn't when I was coming through, you know, what about a, a course, you know, you can do d- degrees in the media or qualifications yeah, in journalism. Yeah, yeah. I would never put anybody off doing those. I don't know anything about them because I've never done one. Mm. Um, and they, We have work experience kids coming all the time. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this football journalism course at whatever university. Do you think I should? Yeah. Yeah, why yeah. not? Will it get me a job? I've no idea. Yeah. The thing that will someone decide, will they put you on as a commentator, ultimately, is somebody will listen and think, is he any good? Yeah, yeah. And if they do, you're on your way. Somebody must have listened to me at some point and thought, he might be any good. Mm. They gave me a try. If they thought I wasn't after a couple of games, they'd have soon bin me off. There'd have been plenty of others. Yeah. But for better or worse, they did. <laughs> and it doesn't. you can have all the qualifications in the book. You could sit in a classroom learning this stuff forever. I would never put anybody off doing mm. that. It can't be a bad thing, but the thing that will ultimately decide it is that somebody, not everybody, because yeah, nobody yeah, will yeah. ever like everything about it, it's a subjective thing is what we do. Some people listen to me and think, what an idiot. Um, that's for you. I'm sure no one kind of you to not react when I said that. Um, <laughs> but no, you'd be surprised. Um, somebody will listen and think, that might be good. Yeah, 
yeah. and I'll give you a shot. And that ultimately will decide it whether you've got every qualification going or you're walking off the street. Mm. And obviously, we're we're a football-based podcast, and you've talked about how you've you've done commentary in, in different sports. Yeah, yeah. Do, you know, would there perhaps be recommendation today? So don't just limit yourself perhaps to football. If you want to do football, great. Yeah. But perhaps commentating on other sports again perhaps helps. Does it help the plethora of your, your repertoire, as it were? Yes, I, I would say so. The more you can do, the better. But I would also say you, football dominates, and it dominates more now than it's ever done. Um, I mean, we on WM do more football than anything else. Football's, I, personally, is football my favourite sport? No, really not. If I had one more broadcast ever to do in my life... That's it a good question. Probably actually. wouldn't be a football match. What would it be? Then? It'd probably be a cricket match. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but it might be anything. Um, it's not because I don't like football. Don't get the wrong idea. Yeah. It's a miserable <laughs> so and so. I love coming to games and commentating on football. My little one is nine, mm. and he's football obsessive. He's football. He eats, drinks, and he plays games, and he collects all the stickers. It's cost me a fortune. And all. And every time I go home, it's like, Dad, that wall-to-wall football. Yeah. And I kind, of, I kind of, when I've been doing it all day, I kind of sometimes have to go. <laughs> just trying to blank that out, yeah. please. It just told me anything. <laughs> that, must, that must be great for him, though, in oh, the sense that at least Dad is a football commentator. I, I, well, you'd have to ask him. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, look, it's, uh, whether that has got anything to do, because the oldest one doesn't care who couldn't play. He's born just in Dungeons & Dragons or whatever he says, I don't know. Um... How did I get onto this? But yeah, the um, it, 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 no stuff about the more stuff you know about, the more chances you, you got stands the reason you've got. Mm. But equally, football is the thing that dominates. So I knew when I wanted to get into this business, whether I'd have wanted to commentate on any of a hundred different sports, I had to know a bit about football. So I made sure I did. Um, that doesn't make me a football expert, which again is another thing. I don't ever pretend to anybody I'm an expert in football. Mm. The best I would ever hope to be is an expert in describing football, yeah. which is very different. Yeah. And if if somebody said to you, describe commentary or give me a, the, the, a key commentary in one audio clip, like at a moment in sport yes. or anything, that you would say, what is or you know what is the best commentary moment you've ever heard that you would be your go-to thing is there anything particular that you would say you know but that you listen to when you were younger or even that's happened in recent and you go that is how I would sum up the, the love of commentary as it works uh, you, you, you talk about you know the 1966 World Cup final yeah. they think it's all over yes. Martin Tyler's Aguero yeah moment. well some of those sti- yeah. and of course they can be all different kinds of things depending on the event um, one that comes through and if you ask me a hundred times I'll come up with a hundred different ones I'll tell you one that strikes me and it's a dead simple thing um the Mar- the Maradona hand of God goal. Okay, yeah. You probably you might be old. I don't think I'm not old enough for no, that one. I'm afraid. Old I'm old obviously, no, I've seen the clip many yeah. times. Uh, <laughs> the second goal in that game, Maradona makes it two 0 after half time. Yeah. And he scores a fantastic goal. He dribbles through half the England defence. Yeah, yeah. And on BBC One, um, Barry Davis lets the goal go in, and then he just says, "And you have to say that's magnificent." That's all he says. Mm. Don't say anything else, because that was and it was just the right words. Yeah. At the end of that, it's the right words. Mm. Now it wasn't a complicated phrase. It wasn't a clever phrase. It wasn't a phrase he'd have had written down. Some commentators do have phrases written down. Mm. I don't. I never have. I prefer to just. If it comes to mind, it comes to yeah. mind. But at the end, there's a hundred different ways to do it. It's not bad. It no. just, and it's, it, it was perhaps that spur of the moment. It just summed up the moment yeah, perfectly. Exactly. It didn't have to be over the yeah. top. That's it, one example. Um, you know, it's 
it's brilliant. There's lots of others. You know, Richie Benno um, was wonderful at finding exactly the right phrase. Mm. Um, there's the one that particularly. And I'm, I'm not a particularly a boxing fan, but I remember um, when I was listening to a lot of radio commentary when I was young. There's a fellow called John Rawling. He was the BBC boxing commentator, and uh, it was a Bruno Tyson fight mm. that I was listening to on ra- the old Radio Five, and he just kept with. Re- you know, it was a silly, pointless little phrase, but it stuck with me for I just thought he's just summed it up with a simple set of words. Yeah. Bruno, having been on top in the fight, he's struggling badly towards the end. And he just, at one point, says the word, Bruno, in trouble, desperate trouble. And, uh, you know, just three words, but it stuck in my mind. Bruno just totally <laughs> summed it. It was right. He wasn't prepared. He probably, he probably didn't think about it anymore. He probably wouldn't remember now if I happened to meet him yeah. and say so. But... <laughs> You know, little things just do. If it, if it sums up the moment, yeah, then it works. And final question for you: Where do you see kind of football in media going? Let's say maybe like the next decade. Where where do, I know you've probably, you you've touched on it at the start of this, but what do you see the changes being? Where do you see perhaps what do you think the the industries will look like maybe in the next ten years? I think there are two strands to the future. Um, in brief. One is what you do yep. and things like it. And another is official outlets. Okay. Um, and what do, what do you mean by that in terms of official Well, official outlets. outlets, for example, as you all know, Wolves have a big media operation of their own. Mm. And so does every other club, right? When I started doing this just over 20 years ago, Wolves had a press officer... Mm. Some clubs didn't have one at all. Some clubs, even to bigger clubs than one, didn't have a press officer at all. You used to ring the manager's office and arrange with his secretary when you were going to ring him. They didn't yeah. have press, Wolves didn't have press conferences when I started. Um, now, next season, if they're in the Premier League, there will be 50 journalists turn up for every press conference, yeah. hanging on every word. The official club media staff now is five or six of them. And they're smashing lads, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um it, w- it would that every club had a press office as good as that but they produce their own stuff mm. they don't need us in the same way you know the time was when um, football clubs would bombard us you know and kind of you know invo- by the way can you give this a mention for us and yeah, yeah, yeah. scratch backs and whatever they don't need to do that now because mm. they reach you directly they don't need to come to us yeah. so that's one strand of it mm. clubs doing their f- not just football clubs, but every other kind of sporting organisation. It's, it's their own in-house media. Yeah, it's yeah, their yeah. own in-house media because they can. Because yeah. they never used to be able to and they can. And that's an enormous strand of it now. Yeah. Lots of good people I know, really good people, have gone from my side of it into the official club side of it. Yeah. And doing very well in it. The other side of it is what you are doing, mm. which is the... Um, the self-generation, whether you could, you know, you say base out of social media, or again, you know this far better than I yeah, would, yeah. but your social media basis, your uh, podcasts, blogs, all that kind of thing that people are producing for themselves. And in a sense, it comes back to a nutshell. Why do you need to listen to what my opinion of Wolves is? Mm. Because you've cut yours out on yeah, in yeah. equivalent way. Yeah. There it is. Everybody listens to it every week. Yours and your mates, you can do it yourself. Yeah, And that's the point. For both things, actually, come back to the same thing. 20 years ago, if you wanted to do radio, you had to be on a radio station. Now, you can quite literally do it in your house, as you no doubt do. Um, And the clubs can do it in their house. And those two strands, before very long, if they're not already, are going to be as strong as your traditional channels. Mm. 
those are the two big advancey things, in my opinion. 